0: It's the Get Off My Lawn Podcast for the week of November 8th, 2015. On tonight's program, we'll hear LA's CBS2 anchorman Paul Majors say...
1: Hey, can you go out and just tell Timmy over there that you're sorry?
0: Ah, fuck him! (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, the doodad with the thingamabob that does the you-know-what? Oh, man. I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. I'm pretty sure it starts with a T, maybe a K. I'm so fired. Anyway, I'm your announcer, Craig, alongside your genial host, Kevin. And wasting no time, we take you now, live on tape, to Beverly Hills
2: 90210. We are sitting here now in somebody's home. This is our first home recording. Well, not from our home, anyway. But we're here with Mr. Paul Majors. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Well, I was going to say welcome, but yeah, it seems strange to say welcome to your, your home. Uh, you just put your dogs away. We're going to interview them, too, but uh, I'm sure we'll hear them in the distance. If yeah, some, yeah at l- some point we will. Yeah, do they bark at the mailman? That actually, they don't, they don't actually don't bark.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah, I think that they, they're both rejects from the guide dog school. And I think that's part of their training and socialization is not to bark.
2: That's, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. His dog barks at okay. everything. He's got a little much smaller dog named Zeus. Good name we, for a small dog. We named an eight-pound
0: dog Zeus. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah.
2: So for those who are not in the uh, Southern California area, Paul Majors is one of the big anchor men out here, does the local news on two channels, Channel 2 and Channel 9. And were you there when it transitioned when they combined forces? Or I, were I got there, there nine, months months, nine months later. Nine months later. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember when that consolidation happened, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of talk how it was going to work out and whatever else. I think you guys started out on Sunset. Columbia Square, yeah. the actual original headquarters of CBS on the West Coast. And it's it's condos now or something, in it? Or- <laughs> uh, it's being converted. Yeah, it's going through
1: a change. But interestingly enough, that's where Jack Benny did his radio show. And when they redid the building over all those years, you could still sneak up into a balcony area where seating was for his radio show. Oh, that's cool. And look yeah. down where part of his stage still existed. So I'd okay. go up there and sort of look at it and think about all the history of the place.
2: <laughs> I was telling you before, uh, my nefarious youth, I was a page at NBC, and one of the things that was sort of my sanctuary was to go up into the top row of the old Carson studio and sit up there. Because even though they've had other shows in that studio after he left, nobody filled it up all the way to the top. Yeah. And just, you know, you can touch the ceiling of that sure. place when you were that high up. But just to look and see the history of it was very, very cool to me. You know, I believe when, he,
1: um, when his show was still an hour and a half, and most people may not remember that. I think at some point, because NBC was so terrible, its programming was so bad, it wasn't making any money, that I believe his hour-and-a-half show, I I have read somewhere, and I may have the don't quote me, but I think his hour-and-a-half show generated something like 40% of NBC's revenue.
2: I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it. One show. You look at the world of late night, and I'm a fan of some of the people in late night still. You know, Stephen Colbert's new show is pretty good and a couple of other ones, but there's something that he did that nobody else has ever been able to duplicate. That sort of... Comfortableness. He had the joke of where he met a woman, and she said, "You look familiar." But until she laid back and put her feet between it was his head between her feet, she couldn't tell who it was. She's like, "Oh, that's right. I sleep with you every night," or some (laughs) line along those (laughs) lines. You know, that just he had that sort of familiarity that I haven't seen a late night guy have. Yeah, he was
1: comfortable, casual. You know, middle America. Yeah, yeah. He has also. I still remember this. This is from a hundred years ago. He came out and said, "Did a bit about the least heard sentences in English." And my favorite was, the Porsche belongs to the banjo player.
2: (laughs) You know, you can roll off a one-liner like that. To me, one of the cooler things about Carson was that he was funnier when he bombed. You know, I'm sure in that segment, whenever there's one that just fell flat... He can milk that bomb totally. better than anyone. Remember, he'd grab the boom mic, the over yeah, mic, tap, bang on bang, attention, Kmart shoppers. <laughs> yes, he would do the whole thing. Worth pointing out, too, for my quote-unquote regular listeners, that Craig is with us today in the interview process. Say hi, Craig. Hello, everyone. So, yeah, we're we doing a full-on. The Backpack Studios literally, and Paul can attest to this, came out of Backpacks. It to did. Do it. So we're, we're not making it up when we call it that, and we are here to talk about any number of things. It's going to get informal conversation, but, you know, Paul's business is journalism, is the world of broadcast news. So I suppose we should probably talk about that a little bit, you think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I live that five days a week. So the big question is, where do you have to balance, like, how much Kardashian reporting do you have to do to then be able to do real news? You know, where, is there a percentage? Is it on no. the board somewhere? <laughs> no, no, no. There are no hard and fast rules But obviously, because we're in Los Angeles, we do more of it. Of the entertainment stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I have a brother who does the same thing in Chicago. He works at WLS, Ron Major. And um, you know, I tell him some of the stories that we're doing. And just, I can see him rolling his eyes on the phone. <laughs> the awkward silence. I mean, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, as he a, says, in Chicago, it's, you know, Chicago is pretty much hard news. Yeah. You know, Maybe po- sports.
2: Is poli- sports in. too.
1: Politics are big. Yeah. Can I swear on this program? Absolutely. We encourage <laughs> it. That's <laughs> well, what my brother says about City Hall in Chicago, which I've always loved. In fact, I won't swear, but I'll get there oh, close oh. to it. Okay. It, it, it's, he says it's just so entertaining to cover it because it's Chicago. Yeah. And as he says, in Chicago, at City Hall, as they say, it's not the money; it's the effing money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My family's all from the Midwest. I went to college out in Chicago, and so I was just—I flew into O'Hare what last month when I went to a friend's wedding. That was the first time I'd been to Chicago, and. Since I was a kid, probably. Yeah. But yeah, to me, Chicago, what always resonates to me is that the politics is entertainment oh, out there.
1: absolutely. You know,
2: that's, you know, like we talk, you've got a UW shirt on, but, you know, when I went to school up north, you know, Microsoft was the entertainment. Microsoft mm-hmm. and Boeing and Warehouser were the three yeah. big stories. But here it's just so. such a
1: big part of the fabric of the community that, you know, You kind of have to cover it. Yeah. Not kind of have to. You have to cover it.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's when, you know, we spoke earlier and you were like, why are you asking me to do your show? And Mm -hmm. I said, one of the things that I think separates you, whether this is shameless ass-kissing, I don't know, you can call it what you will, is that you seem to be the more genuine of the people that are on, on the news right now, is that you can kind of tell when you're covering a story, if this is a story that you're happy to be covering, yeah, <laughs> versus uh, one that, hey, we're going to phone this one in, kids, let's maybe, sit back. I and, think that's the appeal. Maybe <laughs> I need to do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, there's a genuineness. Just so like we were talking about Johnny Carson having that genuine connection with your audience, is I think that if you're going to be on a newscast to be seen by people day after day after day, the ones that are really insincere about it, yeah, it's painful to watch.
1: It is, <laughs> although sometimes I think it can be entertaining. Well, yeah, there's That's comedy true. in yeah,
2: it. Yeah, you know, I said I worked at NBC back as a page back in the '90s, and an anchor who shall remain nameless. I, I'm addicted to car chases, which again I, I watch you a lot when there's a good car chase on. Thank you for Tim Conway's text alerts; I get mm-hmm. get those, but. Uh, we were watching a car chase, and then I had to lead a tour group around the studio, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss the car chase. So I'm walking around the building, and one of the anchors walks out who had just covered the car chase. I'm like, oh, here's fill-in-the-blank anchor name, Chuck Henry. Uh, you know, what's, what happened to the chase? He's like, what? He did not realize he'd been covering a chase for an hour and a half. But obviously it was just going through whatever was in his IFB, whatever people were telling him to do. Couldn't tell me a thing about what he about just talked chase. about for 90 minutes. It's <laughs> like, okay, moving on.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing about chases: the longer they're on, the bigger the numbers get. Yeah. The bigger the audience Because
2: gets. people are expecting them to have this dramatic conclusion. It's exactly. It's, it's
0: the ultimate reality show. Yeah. It really is. But
2: I you know, well, and now read.
0: with the social media, that can spread very rapidly. And, and then well, you get the viewership. As Kevin just said, you, Tim Conway, Jr.? Yeah. I don't think there's a bigger Chase fan in Southern California.
1: No.
2: That's, and that's, he sends out the alerts. He sends out the alerts so I know to turn on, you know, you on Channel 9 or right. 2 and turn him on on the radio right, exactly. to get his commentary of your commentary. Right. <laughs> and he is entertaining. He is, okay, you need to put him in touch with me, by the way, at the end of this. Cause I I'm, will. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a good guest. He's an interesting guy, too, because you know, I remember some of his stories, too. If he was a limo driver for years. Well, he was kind of earning his bones in He's the business, done it all. too. Yeah. His yeah. father,
1: Tim Conway, the original. <laughs> the original. <Yes>. Classic. <laughs> he told me a great story. So years ago, over at uh, Television City in the Fairfax district, they're doing the Carol Burnett Show. And they had uh, done a rehearsal, and Senior went home. Tim Conway went home. And uh going to come back, and they're going to do the show. And he came back to uh, the lot and didn't have his... ID, his badge, and the guard wouldn't let him in. It's Tim Conway of the Carol Burnett <laughs> yeah. Show. Tim the Conway show of McHale's <laughs> Navy. Tim Conway. I mean, you know, arguably one of the most recognizable people in the country. Absolutely. So, Senior just turns around and goes back home. <laughs> now they're getting ready to hear the show, and there's no Tim Conway. So, someone calls his house, what are you doing? Well, they wouldn't let me on the lot. Well, so they send like an escort of police officers, helicopters, airplanes to pick him up. And they bring him back and he does the show. And then he takes his badge, his CBS employee ID badge that gets you on all the different lots and properties. He puts a picture, has it relaminated after putting a picture of Adolf Hitler on the badge. And that's what he used for the rest of time on the CBS lot. And no one ever said a word, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah.
2: <laughs> My favorite of the Tim Conway stories that when it's available, you can find it on YouTube. They need to release it officially, is the episode of the match game where the Carol Burnett show crashed the taping. And they all sat down on the steps, yeah. kind of in between the contestants and the regular people, and they, you know, did the fill in the blank. And Gene Rayburn gets, you know, he's walking across to everybody. There's Vicky Lawrence, and she gives her answer. There's Carol Burnett, and she gives her answer. There's Tim Conn. goes, I can't read that on the air. <laughs> 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 just, and then everybody looks over and sees what he wrote, they're all laughing and I falling know. out of mud. I know. That's, well, we've segued out of journalism <laughs> Yeah, faster. we did, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more entertaining stuff than journalism. Really it <laughs> Now, why did you, you, you know, you had told me a little bit earlier, you, you did the whole law school thing. I did. And then you, you got out of that into journalism, a out of the of lion's law. mouth and into the lion something. Huh? I was heavily influenced
1: by my oldest brother, my oldest brother, Ron, who I mentioned earlier, um, anchors and news in Chicago. He has for years. Gosh, I think he's been there for about 35 or 36 years at WLS, MAQ before that, and but at WLS for a long, long, long time. So he was like, he had his first radio job when he was 15 and uh, in a small town and actually was on the air. At the age, he couldn't well, drive. What's he doing wrote, at 15? Wrote, uh, he, you know what? They had a guy who called in sick, and my brother was working at the station part-time, basically cleaning. Sure. And they didn't have anybody. He told the guy that owned the station, the small little radio station. He said, I know what to do. There you he go. He sat down, and had literally at 15. I mean, my brother was on the radio when I was five years old, and it was kind of cool to hear your brother on the radio. <laughs> yeah.
2: You and it was like, a bug to it. Once you get a heard, piece of it, yeah, you Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah. And <laughs> He either rode his bike there or my mom or my dad drove him there. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's literally how he started.
2: Was that out in the Midwest or was that? No, that was in Washington.
1: Washington. Yeah, yeah, up in Washington State. And so um, he just progressed from there to television and he was always a big, so I was hanging around television stations primarily when I was much younger. and I would always compare the atmosphere in a television station to my father's work environment. And it seemed to me... It was pretty obvious that the people in the TV station were having a lot of fun, <laughs> and they were very interesting people. And the people in my dad's office,
2: not, not so you know, much. the
1: company song was, oh, we, oh. <laughs> you know, so it, pretty easy.
2: Oh, yeah, one Christmas party, we'll do it too. Yeah, exactly. you. know the difference, yeah, exactly. you know, right exactly. at that point. So he was a big influence
1: on me, and that's what got me interested in him. But I always wanted to go to law school. No, I didn't always want to go to law school. I went to law school because I had summer vacation, <laughs> spring break, Christmas break. Sure. And you were, you know, at least in the eyes of older people, you were making progress towards something legitimate. He's right. going gonna
0: to become something, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My yeah, son,
2: yeah. the lawyer. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and all the guys
0: I went to law school with, they're all miserable. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Yeah, the phrase happy lawyer isn't common no, in the lexicon. No, you no. know, it's just yeah, not something you hear much. That's My a brother-in-law's
1: decade. a lawyer. And, you know, the guy's 60 Five years old, and I think he works. I don't know, eighty hours a week. Ugh. I mean, that's all he does. Yeah, he'll wake up at three a.m. and go to his office at home and work. And I'm not joking. So yeah, you're on, on
2: Twitter 40. at three a.m. So I know that's. not I a am indeed sometimes. <laughs> I was I, last night. I think I was
1: close to three a.m. was actually I was watching a movie last night. I came home, and my wife is out of town, so it's just me and the dogs and one daughter that sort of uses this as a as a camp for her ascent of Everest.
2: <laughs> I, I, I never know when she's going to
1: be here or when she's not going to be here. I, was while I watched an old Michael Keaton movie, White Noise. Oh, good movie. So I'm by myself here, you know, late at night. I jumped a couple times, <laughs> literally, and I was glad I had the dogs with me. It's a good thriller. It was. It was pretty good.
2: Yeah, that's – I haven't seen that. Okay, now add that to our Netflix queue. I can find that one. And yeah. So we can, well, they're not a sponsor yet. Add that to – we'll find someone to sponsor us. We're still <laughs> desperately in need of sponsors. So if you know anybody – we're like an AA meeting. We need sponsors so right. to keep us going. But yeah, that's so we always think of different pro Mostly what we've done lately are we've talked about products we don't like. You know, things that have, you know, like Spirit Airlines, I flew them recently, don't fly. Oh, really? Spirit. Their seats don't even recline that much. You know, oh, really? you don't ask for much out of well, life. Well, the good but, news
1: about the seat not reclining is it won't lead to a fistfight. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. I heard about that one.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've had that happen to me where I literally wanted to just reach around and punch whoever it was in front of me. I'm six feet, almost six four. Yeah. And your knees in that one right spot mm-hmm. where that
0: metal oh, yeah. just nails you right in back the middle. In. Oh yeah, they just give that. me a warning and I'll move my knees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They found that device in some sort of arch- uh, archaeological dig in some medieval town. Absolutely. <laughs> said, Let's put this on an airplane, <laughs> and then, and the engineer that decided to use it, still laughing about it. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
2: Well, the jo- there was some sketch that I saw years ago where all of the airplane engineers are, are midgets. You know, they design all of the seating <laughs> arrangements. They're like, it's great. Sure, it works. <laughs> well, so so anyway, back to my, my
1: journalism. My brother was the biggest influence on me regarding that. But um, I do enjoy it. I still enjoy it.
2: Did you start out up in Washington or did you uh, I started
1: uh, in Minneapolis uh, as a dispatcher, literally. You know, listening for spot right. news and then dispatching crews and helping the assignment editors and the managing editors. And then, my first full time job was in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I was a producer and a reporter. I helped produce two days a week and went out and reported three days a week, then became a full time reporter and then even anchored up there on the weekends and then San Diego after that, and uh, where I was a reporter, and then uh, a guy named Harold Green, who many Angelinos
2: oh, may yeah. know Harold oh, yeah.
1: Harold left the station, so they had me anchor in the eleven o'clock news. And from there, I went to Minneapolis. I was there a long time, and then from Minneapolis to here. I've been here now for, I don't know what it is, 12 years?
2: Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah,
1: it's been a long time.
2: You're established. You you outlasted the other Paul in, in TV news. Paul so. Moyer. <laughs> that was another interesting character in yeah. the world of NBC. <laughs> yeah. Um he like cars, I think. Yeah. They're, they're used to, in the midway in the NBC parking lot, there was Jay Leno's car. was always the one that, you know, you would take a look at first. Then next to him was Paul Moyer's car. And so, inevitably, Jay Leno would sort of always try to one-up Moyer with whatever was there. I don't know that it was a conscious thing, but you would always see, you know, well, Moyer's got the Ferrari today, so Leno's got to have the 1905 Stanley Steamer. Well, you know what? Or whatever it is that he's... As
1: we're sitting here in my house, I mean, you can look out, we're on Coldwater Canyon up above it. My wife uses Coldwater Canyon a lot. I do just to go over to the valley and come back. I really don't leave my house much, frankly. <laughs> but Kathy will see him in that Stanley Steamer. My supposedly, wife, Kathy, all the time.
2: Supposedly, he holds the record for the oldest car to get a speeding ticket on the L.A. freeway system. Oh, really? Was that he's, and they didn't want to give him the ticket, but he thought it would be really cool to have that record. <laughs> Where like they pull, He was doing like 100 on the 405 or something. I've heard him tell the story. And was, you know there's no speedometer on the thing. So it so isn't he didn't like he that. could consciously know anyway. But he's like, really? I'll take that. Sweet, give me yeah, that. Give to <laughs> it's,
1: it's an odd machine. Yeah. Because I've seen him driving it on cold water as well. oh well, Once. And it's like double take time. Yeah.
2: He does his YouTube channel, his, Jay Leno's Garage. And this is where he drives all of his mm-hmm. cars on that show. He lives just, on the other side of the... Let's go say hi. We should (laughs) pack up backpack studios. We're going over. (laughs) We're ready to move. We're ready to move anytime. A lot of people live
1: around here. Like, see the red tile roof house over there? Yeah, Mila Jojovic, whatever her name is. That model actress.
2: Okay, you can give me her number
1: Joan of Arc. Yeah, and if you stood up, there's a blue tennis court down there. That's uh, what's her face from Star Wars?
2: Carrie Fisher. Yes, thank you. There we go.
1: Ryan Seacrest, he bought uh. Ellen DeGeneres' is the old house. Well, he bought the whole street.
2: You can kind of hawk a loogie on Ryan Seacrest. That's from his here house with the saying? white trim that you see yeah. over there. And Paul Allen,
1: Microsoft. That's his house at the top of that hill up there. So okay. General two and which, General
2: nine are paying you well, is what which you're which saying. No.
1: <laughs> Obviously, we're in the low end of this section. But an architect who lives up there, who I've met a couple times when I'm walking the dogs, he tells me that Paul Allen is at that house, which is massive, like 10 to 12 days out of the year. Oh. So I told my wife, we need to write Paul Allen a letter and tell him we'll be caretakers. There you go. And then those 10 to 12 days, we'll just go stay in a hotel. Yeah, that will be
2: cheaper in the long run. Yeah, it'll yeah. uh, be great. I, it, it will, then I'll caretake your you house. Don't you write him first. <laughs> either. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I'll caretake your house. Well, this well, you're this gets sold immediately. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, we almost worked out a deal no. here. <laughs> I'll dog sit. I can, I'm more than willing to I'm dog sit for him next week. He's weekend. a great dog you sit. Know,
0: he and his wife are going. Where are you going this weekend? Uh, we're going out camping. Camping, see, there you go. Where are you going? Joshua tree. Oh, nice! We've got uh, we go with a group uh, of homeschool parents uh-huh. that we're part of, and uh, they do climbing and. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Are you coming back before Monday? Uh, we will be back on Sunday afternoon because it might rain on Monday. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday.
2: Oh, we got a weather forecast.
0: You did. <laughs> Well,
1: I'm telling you what, this El Nino deal is real. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, think you can about the recent tell. rains we recently got. Yeah, That's you can,
0: unusual. You can already tell. You can. It, it's they kinda, had a yeah. thing
2: I saw after one of the social media was showing pictures. that with The Atacava, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, desert, the driest place on the planet, has flowers blooming because it got rain last month. It was the first time that anything has bloomed in that desert, they said, in like 500 years. Mm. So And there's pictures of it. It's, I mean, it's there's nothing out there. And they're like, oh, the flowers will be gone in a month, but still, this is... Historic for whatever yeah, it is, there, So
1: there are a couple of places in uh, Death Valley that now have water where they haven't had water in years. Yep, I saw the some. Rains that saw had. some video of that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I just I get frustrated with the usage of their with the Godzilla El Nino. And some of the other phrases that I've heard, you know, bandied about. Not on your channel. Yeah, I've said that. But, yeah, that's, a, but yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. Godzilla, El Nino. Oh, yeah. If you, if you look at it, they're like, that's, it's not just El Nino. It's, it's not your Godzilla daddy's El Nino. It's El that's Nino. Right. Because, you know, we've got always one up, whatever yeah, exactly. happened before. We can't just call it a thing. We've got to yeah. give it a new, a new thing. A well, it's thing. legit.
1: I mean, think about everything that's been spotted in the waters off our coast. Hammerhead sharks, great whites. Great whites are ubiquitous. And hammerheads? Yeah. And all they're doing is following the food chain. Yeah, And the warm water has brought in exotic species
0: of fish. Mm-hmm. And, and that snake, apparently. Exactly. Was,
1: did you see that I one? Did. That's yeah. just what you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for those, of you, yeah, for those of you who don't know, <laughs>
2: here's there's, some, with the there's
1: some sea snake. It's <laughs> yeah. like one of the most venomous things on God's earth, right? That's right. One just washed up. Was it in Oxnard or Ventura? I don't recall where it was. I think but, it was yeah. Ventura County. So one of them just showed up on the sand, you know, as if you don't have enough to worry about when you <laughs> wade into the ocean. Now you got these things coming here. Watch out for
2: jellyfish, watch out for sharks. Oh, and there's a poisonous, venomous snake yeah. maybe hiding just around yeah. the corner. It'll, looks like a stick.
1: Yeah, it'll kill
0: you before yeah. you get to the lifeguard stand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <Yeah. laughs> Put the damper on your I day. I saw
2: that, and <laughs> I just went, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Because yep. we don't run around in fear enough in L.A. We no, no. get two drops of rain and nobody can drive anymore. And Well, you know. I did
1: <laughs> notice something unusual. The, the, the first time a while ago in a rain for the first time in a long time, my wife and my daughter both went out the door over there and stood out there and stuck their tongues out to catch raindrops. And I thought, boy, it's come <laughs> it's, to this. It's been a
2: while. It has. <laughs> yeah, I was in, I said I you know, went to a friend's wedding out you know in the Midwest and saw family while I was out there and, the temperature was in you know, the 60s. I was like, oh, right. I, I, I'm wearing sleeves. Like, right, long sleeves. That's what you're know, supposed to do this. It's fall. You know, there's a change of season. We don't really have the change of season. No, we skip no. fall. You get about a week or two of winter, maybe a week of spring. Yeah, I'm ready for the drought to be over. Anyway, yeah, leaves,
1: leaves sort of drop off when they feel like it. Yeah, yeah. everybody's they taking pictures right on social
2: media of you know fall colors. You yeah. know, look out your window now. I'm not seeing any fall no. colors. <laughs> but
1: I mean, El Nino will help. It's not going to end the drought. But no. I, in fact, just two weeks ago, I overheard a coworker speaking to another coworker, and she said, uh, "What are you doing?" She said, oh, "I'm heading to New York." And she says, "Oh, for how long?" She says, "Oh, five days." And Here's literally what she said next. She says, I'm so excited because I can't wait to go to someplace without a drought so I can, like, just shave my legs in the shower and take as long as I want.
2: Oh, name names. Come on. I I can't And I
1: I thought to myself, wow, you're in the city that never sleeps. Yes. And you're going to spend an hour in a shower shaving your legs? Just because you can. Exactly.
0: Now, that's luxury right
2: there. Really,
1: really. But that's how we live out here. I must admit, I mean, I take a quick shower now. I really do. Yep. Yep, and I used to always leave the tap on
2: when I brushed my teeth. Not anymore. I don't anymore. Yep. but they say you're safe, Beverly Hills. You guys reported it on the news. You're yeah. still the worst in consumption in yeah, the no. area. So what are you gonna do? Go knock on Paul Allen's door, tell him that eleven days he's here. <laughs> I do. I,
1: I do have a big abuser next door. Oh, oh, and he shall remain nameless because you know his name. Mm. But
2: uh, should we go knock on? I've, I've taken too,
1: pictures of it at night.
2: Oh, the sprinklers and stuff? Mm,
1: no, the stuff that's, like, gushing oh, out of... Oh, broken sprinklers or Not whatever. broken sprinklers. Oh. The stuff where everything drains and then comes oh, out to the gotcha. street. And- I mean, it You know, it looks like someone opened up one of the enclosures at the Hoover Dam. <laughs> yeah. You know? I've tweeted it late at night before.
2: <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> I scroll through my, my
1: timeline and you'll find it. <laughs> All right.
2: And then we'll find his name and then we'll break the news. On- well, I've yeah.
1: given hints about his name. oh People have guessed, and I've favorited their tweets. <laughs> yeah. Now it's you, like a, a uh, Twitter scavenger hunt. Yeah. yeah,
2: but you're a pretty big social media user. Do you try to do that sort of as a function of your job to help promote, or is it just something you do for fun?
1: Mostly for fun. Yeah, yeah,
2: because you're fairly entertaining on, on Twitter. Nah, you thank post you. some silly well, one stuff. one that I almost got in trouble for.
1: <laughs> one of my bosses sort of gave me that sideways glance. Mm. Okay, like maybe you want to think about taking you know this down and. Of course, I didn't take it down. It was really, really hot. And uh, I was watching our oldest dog, Albert, a big 100-pound dog. He and I went for a walk, and we stopped in the shade. There's a fountain, so he's drinking. The next thing you know, he sits down. and, And I was watching him, and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. So I tweeted, "It's so hot in Los Angeles today that my dog Albert spent most of the day licking his balls. That way, his head was in the
0: shade."
2: <laughs> Boss didn't uh, didn't look too fondly on that's when own, I got man. the weird look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was just an observation. Sure, you know. it, no. it just seems like good engineering to yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if we could, that's, yeah, it's, it's, you know. Gotta be cooler. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, that, now, there's no way to transition from dog lick, ball licking to anything else. There's no. I'm sitting here going, how do we go out to? No, that isn't gonna work. No, that. No. Yeah. That, okay, we're starting from scratch. This will be our sure. break.
0: It's the podcast. <laughs> Painting into a corner. Yeah, uh, now really... for a message from our
2: sponsors, <laughs> which we don't yet have. Yeah, you have exactly. Anyone you want to sponsor? Anything yes, any you're proud them, of? Yeah. Or not pr- Anyone you want to complain about? Nah. We do a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um, had any
1: real. You know what? Lately, everything that like I've purchased or done, it's gone right. Which I think, it, and a large percentage of the population, I think the expectation is, you know, you order something, you buy something, you get something. When's it going to break? Sure. Mm-hmm. doesn't quite work the way you thought it would. I, I do think that's a fairly large percentage of people that
2: believe that. But lately, everything sort of happened to me, knock on wood. It's, knock on, yeah. it's but done, th- done well. S- some of it's getting taken to extremes, too, where, like, whenever the new iPhones come out, you always then see, like, CNET or some of the other ones will have the, well, we've boiled it in Coca-Cola to see if it'll last, like— is really? this been a problem for people yeah. that they're dropping their phones in and boiling, boiling Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. To, and, and then they take it back and say, I demand a refund because yeah. <laughs> I think if that happens, that's my fault. That's this not this the phone is going to give me diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> I need <laughs> no. to get a new phone, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I'm one. I'll be the first to complain if something's legit wrong. But I also think that there's times, like I said, that where they're just waiting to complain mm-hmm. about something. You know, oh, well, I've taken my phone and I've hit it with a hammer and it breaks after the seventh hit. It shouldn't do that. Yes, it should. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, it should. It should do that. They're, they're, and, you know, he's got all of his Apple products over here and his iPhone and I, whatever. I watch. You have the iWatch on today? Yes. Do you so, like that?
0: I do. It's it's really nice to, for the quick glances getting uh, text messages. Uh-huh. So you can do a quick little look, you know, instead of looking at your phone maybe when you're driving when you shouldn't be right, doing that. Right. You know, it's kind of give it a quick glance and... You can still see what's going on. and Yeah, my dentist has one, and he likes it. Yeah.
2: It's a toy. I don't have that it, toy I have yet. a lot of
1: Apple products, but I, my phone's a Droid, which oh, I, okay. I like. Yeah, I've been in the Apple space for a long time. Yeah. Well, I like my laptop and my iPads and mini iPads and yeah. you know, all that. And my daughters have iPhones. But my
0: wife had an iPhone, but she switched to a Droid and prefers the Droid.
2: Hmm. Well, this podcast then is sponsored by Droid.
0: Apparently, They're done. They got a new phone out right now. It's <laughs> going like gangbusters.
2: All right, so you know, let's let's see the sponsorship money roll in. Yeah, you'll, really. get, a, you'll get a cut, Paul. Sure, they get some. That's a, we'll make that happen. We need that sponsor. Well, you know, the Droid
1: should be good because they they stole much of Apple's <laughs> yeah. proprietary there information. Was a lawsuit about well, Of that course, there's a huge lawsuit. lawsuit yeah. yeah, yeah. So they had Maybe. their own info, their own
0: dynamics. Yep. Then they steal the best of Apple, so it should be a good fall. <laughs> it's that, that seems to be the new. Techno, uh, yeah. tech way of things, in, exactly in, in the the business side of things. Well,
2: see, but they, at least that's a way you can use your law degree. Is when you're covering these stories, you actually have some sort of experience with what's being talked about in some of these cases.
1: A bit, not a much. Bit, a not bit, much? yeah. Remember, I'm in recovery. Oh, that's right,
2: yeah. You're, you're trying to quit. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a Lawyer's Anonymous meeting that you go to?
0: My own. It's It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> been 30 stand days stand since at, I've made a decision. Stand today. in front of a mirror. <laughs> it's at every bar down the street. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when it comes time to sort of put the newscast on, what is your routine? What do you have to do as, as the man on camera? Do you do a lot of the writing yourself? No, you we have a, no,
1: we have a lot of writers I do a lot of editing. So a typical day is this. I get to work every day about 2.30. And uh, I always, it starts at home. I mean, I read a couple, I take a couple newspapers and then I have a trap line on the internet that I go through, you know, websites and, you know, accumulate news and information. Some for entertainment. I spend probably an hour doing that. Uh, I always have news on in the background, just trying to keep an eye on it. But I get to work at 2.30, get everything set up, get everything ready. I'm always in makeup at 3 o'clock. I'm always done with makeup by 3.15. If I have to record anything generally from 3.15 to 3.30. Then at 3.30, I'm sitting in front of the rundown for the 5 o'clock news, going through it constantly. As stories get written, I edit them hmm. because ultimately I'm the one that's going to read them. <laughs> and I do the same simultaneously with the 6 o'clock newscast, but that generally doesn't get written until later. And then you have responsibilities, you know, promos on KNX radio and on-air promos that we do, teases for the 5 o'clock newscast, so that you're involved in those. And it's just a constant process of going through the rundown for the five o'clock and going through the rundown for the six o'clock. And as stories get updated and as stories get written, going in and editing those stories. And um, during the five o'clock, for instance, we have two different segments, a, a health watch segment and an entertainment segment. And that's a good time for me to look at the six o'clock because by then more stories have been written because that's generally 535, 540 to 545. So... Most of that's now being done. So while I'm sitting out there and those segments are being done, I'm on the, I'm in the rundown for the 6 o'clock and trying to edit those stories. And You know, you're trying to listen. You have to multitask a bit because you're yeah, still trying to listen to the reporters so that you can make a comment afterwards if one's sure. required and you don't want to sound like an idiot, which I can do on my own. <laughs> so it's a little balancing act. And then as soon as the 6 o'clock newscast is over, we're still in the studio for a while. We have to do promos for the 11 o'clock newscast. And generally... Um, we'll get out of there at, I don't know, six forty 640, six forty five, And then it's dinner. Lots of nights, I'll just go downstairs to the commissary and eat, bring it up to my desk or whatever. Lots of nights, I'll meet my wife over in the valley. Occasionally, I'll come home, but I'm not here for very long. Because it's only like 15 minutes to work from here, which is pretty convenient in Los yeah. Angeles. Absolutely. And then uh, it's back to work, and then at night, it's... Uh, you know, do whatever needs to be done as it comes up. Sometimes there's breaking news, so you're on the air. So like, sort of like at nighttime, it's like over there. It's like being a firefighter. You, know, you sort of got to be at the station. You got be at the station house, yeah, in case something happens. I mean, who
2: ultimately makes the call of we're going to cut in now? Is that a there's there a news director, is there that a news station director manager or?
1: or assistant news director or an executive producer? And generally, they'll always check with the news director. The advantage that we have is being a duopoly and being having Channel Two and Channel Nine is yeah. we can put it up on Channel Nine without interrupting, you know, uh,
2: CBS Prime, the Time.
1: number one show in the world. You know, <laughs> Mark Harmon's show, CIS We were yeah. just talking
2: about that in the car on the way Yeah, over. we were. You know.
1: By the way, he's a very nice guy. I was recently yeah. uh, did something for them, and you, honest to God, you, you couldn't meet a nicer person.
2: He's another one where he's you. You always hear Hollywood and their unsuccessful relationships or whatever else. He and Pam have been together what thirty years?
1: A long, long time. And he has a little. So you know, the bigger the star, the bigger the trailer, right? <laughs> Apparently, he was in Arizona and he saw this old uh, Airstream trailer, all dilapidated, and it's one of those little ones. Oh, the, old,
2: the metallic, yeah, yeah, one the there.
1: Airstreams, the metallic trailers. And it was he went by, and there it was all r- rusted and. So he just rolled in and said, "Hey, do you want to sell that?" And they said, "Yeah." So you go to their set up in Santa Clarita, wherever it is. Big trailers, you know, giant trailers. Then there's this little thing over there, and it's his. (laughs)
2: But he had it tricked up the way you wanted. (laughs) Oh,
1: totally restored. It's really, really cool. So he invited my wife and I in, and and the first thing you see all over are pictures of Pam Dauber and their kids. Yes, and as I said, he couldn't be nicer. Yeah, he comes
0: across as being very genuine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's just none plus, you know, no phony baloney crap, and he's just a really good guy. Good deal. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it is nice to
2: see. So who isn't nice in the industry? Give us the scoop. Who's you know, honestly, really I don't know anybody. <laughs> like I told you. I, you I, know where their houses you are. Know, like this, just don't talk to you. This weekend, I'll, I'll leave the house one time.
1: This weekend, I'll leave the house one time. Like today I got up and I told you when you guys arrived, we had Santa Ana winds for three days and the place was a mess outside. So I was out cleaning that up and took the dogs for a walk. Other than taking the dogs for a walk, I'll leave tomorrow. I got a bad tire, so I got to get that fixed. But generally, I just, you know, I'm not a fancy restaurant guy. Yeah. That doesn't. Johnny, Johnny Mountain, former weather guy here in Los Angeles. People may not. Some of you don't know his name. Oh, absolutely. As Johnny said about because he'd always wanted, let's go eat at such and such. And Johnny really likes that kind of stuff. You know, he's a great guy. I love him dearly. And I, you know, nah. And he looked at me one day. He says, "You know," he says, "Here's what I, the conclusion I've come to about you." And I said, "What's that?" And he said, "This is before food trucks were ubiquitous." He said, "You'll only eat off of it if it has four wheels, <laughs> <laughs> like pushcart stuff." And you'll be fine with it. Yeah, the- exactly. Yeah, that's sort of you know who I am.
2: But you're in a good neighborhood for that too, because even over by CBS, you've got the farmer's market. Yeah, over there that has a ton of really... Well, the old crazy. CBS, Yeah, yeah. We're, we're
1: over in the Radford lot. Oh, you're on the Radford lot? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. I thought yeah. you were at TV City. No, no. They'd given some thought to moving, once we left Columbia Square in Hollywood, they'd given some thought to moving us to TV City. And I think the reason that we didn't go there is because of the traffic in the area and getting mm-hmm. news crews in and out to stories would have proved problematic. Whereas on the Radford lot, the 101, yeah, phew, you know, boom, was right there, yeah. I'll tell you who another good guy is that I just recently spent time with. We're him. here
2: for the gossip. For James Corden. <laughs> he's telling us. Oh, oh for uh, the, late, late late show. Show. Yeah. the Late Late Show. Another
1: very sincerely down-to-earth guy who's really thankful for the job he's got at CBS, is really excited about it. That's good to hear. And is also absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. He's really funny.
2: One of my friends from back in the NBC page days is a... I keep saying kid, named Nick Bernstein, who is now the VP of Late Night for the West Coast. Mm. So he's basically in charge of that show over there. He was just put on, I think Hollywood Reporter did a 50 influential young people list. I'm like, I remember when I hired him for a (laughs) security thing. And now he could buy and sell me 10 different ways. Okay, I'm not bitter. It's all right. It's all good. No, he's a good guy. I actually, I'm really proud of his success. Yeah. He, he's done a good job. Yeah, so. good. I'm
1: always happy to see anybody be successful at anything.
2: And that's I've got another guy that you need to follow him on Facebook if you don't because one of the things he regularly does is he says today's phone call from the assignment desk and he will put word for word the strange not crank calls just bizarre people that phone into the desk with, with various yeah. things it's just you can imagine. <laughs> I always like
1: the strange letters oh you know, yeah from the, from the crazy people oh yeah, yeah. i do enjoy it do those, you still right? get those you get the- uh, not as much not as much but I, I worked with a woman who just she wanted all of them so i would give them to her after <laughs> i read them right and i'd always try and hold them just with you know my yeah, finger, yeah. two fingers very together. Very so you not know what's on the paper <laughs> yeah. exactly you know. but i would enjoy reading them. and she just loved them she would like caress them and reread them and read them and i would one day i said to her i said why do you like these so much and she says it's like touching the crust of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful line that is.
2: When, uh, when the pages were still at NBC Studios in Burbank, back when it was still called the NBC Studios in Burbank, the switchboard operators used to send all of the weird calls to our office to get us yeah. something to do. The people who, you know, thought the soap opera characters are real people. You know, it just, those were some of the best phone calls to get. You know, they're killing Roman. Someone needs to stop them. They're killing Roman. They're like, well, well, we'll get Salem PD on that, ma'am. Thank you for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the call. We'll,
1: you know, just, just, yeah, some of those just. We used to, in Portland, Oregon, on Friday nights, we'd get people calling the station, the newsroom, constantly about high school football game scores. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about annoying. <laughs> Friday night lights. You know, yeah, that's before social media, obviously. And so we were sort of the repository of information for that, I guess. But it became tiresome. So one night, a bunch of us were sitting around waiting for the 11 o'clock news, and we'd all done our stuff. There must have been six or seven of us. And the phone rings, and it's for sports. And it's, you know, I want the score of, you know, Tumwater water versus whatever. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, hold on, hold on, let me transfer you to sports. And it, I was the one who answered the phone. And I said, let me transfer you to sports. So I put him on hold, and I looked at a friend, and I said, watch this. And I go, sports! <laughs> And goes, yeah, do you have the score of Tumwater versus... So on? I said, oh, you want high school sports. Hold on, you want football. <laughs> hold on. Put him on hold. And I go, sports football. <laughs> they go, do you have the score? And so I, I did the NFL. I did the NCAA. <laughs> I went through, through three divisions of the NCAA. Then I went through two different conferences of high school football once they got to the high school football desk. And then finally, when I got to their league and their teams, that's not in yet.
2: I hung up. <laughs> see, everyone was, this, everyone is, was this is why I knew we'd get along. When I was at NBC, we used to pretend to be the uh, voice system, the voicemail says, You know, if you're calling to complain about days of our lives, press one. Boop. If you're calling to complain about this person, press, you know, just keep sure. to see how far yeah. we can make them go until until they finally stopped and gave up. Because, yeah, We could do that for a long mm-hmm. time.
0: <laughs> you get to ninety nine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What do you got for him? This oh. is your first time being being in the interview chair. What do you got? What do you got for Mister Majors? Get, you get know what? In. You've
0: you've given us a great picture uh, already. Enjoyed hearing about what your day looks like. Yeah, most people, I think, I believe, they think we show up at like
1: four thirty, right? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> just they, they put a little makeup, on, a little makeup on you, and you, you just go out there and sit down, and just read, right? You know, I, you wouldn't last long if you did that. Sure. And I think they think at night we, you know, go away and it's, you know, a big fancy dinner somewhere. And, you know, we're back there at, you know, quarter to 11. It just
0: doesn't... Put,
2: a little, put a little more makeup on. Uh, there are people that behave like that. And
0: I've That's witnessed right. them during my career, but they don't last. No. Now, did you have to fight your way into that chair? No, no. They, <laughs> they hired me to do that. Yeah. yeah.
2: There was no knockdown drag outs? You didn't no. have to punch Harold Green out a couple oh, of times? Oh, no, Harold and I together in San Diego. <laughs> I mean, Harold was hilarious.
1: Harold... Harold always liked me. Uh, Harold was the anchor, and I always was like the feature reporter at 11 o'clock. So I was either live or on the set with Harold every night. And uh, Harold liked me because I never missed slot. I always got the story right for the most part. I mean, he knew he could count me. He always called me kid. And so this one night I had a really good story, an exclusive story. This girl had been kidnapped, and I found her. My photographer and I found her wow. at a relative's house. She'd gotten away from whomever. It was a sort of a weird story. But we called the police, and so we had all of that. And it's a big story. So I kept all the good information. So I sit down, and Harold says, you know, good evening, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, Paul Majors is here with more of that. And so then the big good information comes right out of my mouth. I didn't give it to Harold. And so (laughs) I'm sitting there, and my story's running, and Harold's tapping his fingers like this, you know. And he doesn't even look at me. He's watching the story, and he looks looks straight ahead, and he goes, kid, don't ever do that again. I said, I won't. (laughs) That was about as mean as he got to me. I oh, always used to say, I'd come back every night from out in the field Yeah. if I was going to be on the set. Invariably, there'd be someone crying over something <laughs> that Harold had done. <laughs> so I'd, I'd ask him, What happened? You know, I was sort of the peacemaker. What happened? Well, Harold. <laughs> so Harold would be there, you know, it's like was like 10 at night. And I'd walk in. day. I go, Harold, hey, can you go out and just tell Timmy over there that you're sorry?
0: Ah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You
2: may be the only person who ever heard do a Harold Green impersonation, yeah. let alone those choice of words for it.
1: Yeah, you know, literally, that's what he'd say. And I'd go, "All right, you know." But I, at least I'd get him to think about it, you know, yeah, sure, a little bit.
2: Reflect on the, yeah. yeah.
1: Harold was a hoot. I, I always <laughs> enjoyed working with him. I really did.
2: I have noticed that uh, the the women folk on your newscasts are not only journalists or whatever else but they're all fhm models too how does that work out how do, how do they do the casting for that i know <laughs> I know. there are days that you're not there and they will post on social media oh it's ladies night here at the newscast yeah. or whatever and it's like yes it is <laughs> really
1: <laughs> there are some good looking women over there there's no doubt about that and talented as well on
2: top of it that it helps that, yeah you know, yeah to have the, the journalist background who has that job of finding do. them I don't know. Pretty good gig. It's it's been a, a shift in news lately. Is there's yeah. a lot more. I, I don't even know how to say it without sounding like a sexist bastard. I don't know. You know. Well, I guess but, oh, it's but, pretty accurate. Obviously, yeah, it's a pre- but. I mean, it, you get more of you know. You you get the the distinguished male anchorman. Yeah. And mm-hmm. supermodel. The, the
1: dinosaur. That's the, me. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> it isn't even about an age thing. Yeah. It
2: just you know, there, there's oh you a know, guy in coat and tie. Yeah. Girl next to him and whatever the latest designer gown is, you know, reading yeah. the news and it's. Oh, Pat Harvey,
1: you know, she's Pat's a little bit younger than me, but I mean, she's been around forever. Yeah, she's, she's talented. Oh yeah, very talented, and she's a good person to work with. So I'm lucky in that respect. This is true because she and I have so much in common, given our proximity and age. I mean, we've sort of had the same experiences, you know, regarding culturally in America, and you know, sure. I, mean, I can mention a television show to her from the. Early 60s. And you go, oh, yeah. And then we talk <laughs> yeah. about it, you know. And
0: whereas there are other people I work with at work that, if I mention a show from the 80s, they don't know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> you know, I think it's important that as a viewer, I think it's important that we trust who is sharing the news with us. Yeah. That is important. And the two of you do a great job yeah. in that.
1: Well, oh, that's nice. And that's all we really have is our credibility. That's yeah. really what we right.
0: have to sell. Right. You know,
2: well, especially when you have we, you We know, joked about car chases or even breaking news and stuff like that. When you're really relying on the two of your rapport to mm-hmm. speak information, you know, filter out what's needed, repeat only when you need to, to have that, you know, chemistry between you two. Again, you look at other news channels. Channel five, I still think is probably the one that's struggling the most to get that sort of balance. They tend to sort of. I've seen them just do one anchor for breaking news and it almost doesn't work with them is they're they're mm-hmm. I sound the podcast is titled Get Off My Lawn so I sound old anyway but you know they they get the young ones in there and they sit them in a chair and like you said there's that school of well they think they can just put on some makeup and sit at a desk and make it happen it's a little bit more to it than that when yeah, you have those yeah, breaking news stories or things happening when you have to focus. And I'll tell you it's nice having a partner that you like working with like Pat
1: because during a car chase it's primarily s- speculative Sure. Right. The information that's coming out. I mean, seriously. And I yeah. hate that, frankly. It's not why I do news. Right. So it's nice to have someone like Pat, because, frankly, I'll run out of things to say.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Because I don't like to speculate. Goes. I don't oh, like yeah. to go, you know,
1: he may have a gun. I don't know if he has a gun or not. Right. You know, he may be high on drugs. I don't know if he's high on drugs. Is he? Angry? I don't know if he's angry. We don't know anything. We're just watching a guy or a woman drive a car out of control. Yeah. That's what we know. Yeah. You know, and we may know the original reason that the car took off. It was more right, sure. for, you know, weaving over the line. It was a drunk driving suspicion. It was, you know, whatever. But uh, so I'll my you know, there I'll reach a point where I'm just like, Hell, I don't have anything to say about this anymore and thank God Pat's there. Because she'll think of something else, yeah. you know.
2: Am I wrong that the police have sort of decreased their I guess, ability to talk on air during those chases, or is it just that you guys reach out to them a little bit less? Because it used to be there would be, you know, hi, I'm here, I'm with Pat, and now here's so-and-so, our LAPD guy, to tell us what's going on, or CHP guy. I don't hear them so much anymore. We'll get
1: information, you know, from the, yeah, it gets fed yeah, to you, yeah, but they exactly. don't really have
2: the people on, on there no, anymore. No, typically no. Yeah. No. I, don't know, I don't know if that's a conscious choice on somebody's well, part. Well, I, I think a lot of
1: it used to be is that, you know, sometimes the signal from the helicopter, the person you had in the helicopter, wasn't really good at covering something like that. So hmm. you just get a phoner from someone, a PIO with whatever agency happened to be involved him. in the pursuit, and they would be watching your air, and they would help make comments, you know.
2: If I'm gonna watch a chase, I would rather watch that than those sort of packaged shows. The world's greatest chases, like you said, the drama unfolds as it goes on. Yeah, it's the reality, of and, it. and yeah. on and on. Of yeah. It. And I missed the Corvette one the other day. I was so heartbroken. I didn't find out about it till afterwards. I'm like a Corvette. Yeah, is that's what you want to watch in the, chase. the streets. Yeah, normally it's you know it's an old Toyota, you know, or
0: or
2: You know, everybody always says, it, you know.
1: Well, these chases—I don't, you know—I don't know why they do it, you know, because they always get caught. They don't always. No, get they don't. A right. substantial percentage of them to get away, and I think it's greater than thirty percent. Frankly, mm. uh, I've heard the figure a couple years ago or a year ago.
2: Yeah. All they need to do is really go into a parking garage or near the airport. You know what? Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, go near the airport. With the exception of like whatever airship is representing what agency, all of the news media have to get near blocked. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you can find a parking structure,
2: like you said, that's occasionally successful. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're now giving away tips on yeah, how to yeah. evade police in you know, a <clears throat> pursuit.
0: That's, uh, We've really gone a lot of places <laughs> and here in this yeah, podcast really, yeah. today. <laughs> and if you're going to try and outrun the cops, get on a motorcycle.
2: Please. Yeah, that seems to be the way. Yeah. Cause that, and Don't go into a neighborhood you're familiar with. That's always the yeah, one that gets a, them caught as they want to circle their friend's house. to wave at them, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is when I'll hear you speculate. Just be like, I'm pretty sure he lives yeah, nearby since yeah. someone just handed him a drink. Right. You know, <laughs> talking to him on
1: the cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember the one a couple of years ago when the guys were throwing out cash? Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was a good one. That was a good one. It, I mean, it, you know, hey, how do we get the cops to put a little distance? Well, it,
0: just throw the cash <laughs> out the window. There's children running into the streets, yeah. guys. we got to stop I remember, chasing I don't
2: remember if it was you or who it was that had to go on the air and try to caution the public that if someone was throwing cash out the window, you shouldn't run. You know, the cops are, like, telling you guys to yeah. say that. I'm like, how do you say that with a straight face? Jesus. You know, we're in downtown L.A. Someone's throwing out cash. No, no. I'd don't be go. <laughs>
0: Seriously. Seriously. Just for the story. You Can we get some clarify. clarification? Are there 20s and hundreds yeah. <laughs> or just yeah. singles? Yeah. It, you know? was,
2: it was enough of that you could see it. Was, it oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I a mean, lot of dope. Yeah, it was not a small amount. Well. Uh, see, that was a good chase. Mm-hmm. We need more of those. I'm rooting for, you know, <laughs> car chases. Car chases. Hey, good. why not? Well, you know, again, you look at what's on the news. That at least is, it has some entertainment with the news. You, know, you do need yeah. to know where you live and when you live in the area when it happens. You know, not so you can stand overhead because that is pretty dumb to do, but you know, I see the people on the overpasses well, you know, know. waving and holding signs or whatever. No, you don't want to do that, but you want to know if there is a chase you know, coming down the freeway that you're trying to take home at rush hour or whatever. We else. have a guy
1: at work that got uh, hit by a guy who was being pursued by police. Oof. T-boned him. Oh. Oh. But he was in a very solid car with side airbags. Okay, And, I mean, he's had some injuries, but he should have been If he's in any other vehicle than the one he was in, I think he'd probably be dead. And he, you know, he had a green light. He was proceeding down the street over in the valley. And, bam, he said he didn't even, you know, realize it, see it. Yeah, so he was those looking speeds, straight ahead, okay. right? going the speed limit. Cars in front of him, cars behind him. He just happened to be in that spot in the intersection where the guy being pursued just, just wailed on him.
2: Closest I ever got to experience in my own pursuit was I had a Dodge Challenger at the time, and I was on the 210 freeway out, 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 kind of 210 and the 15, that area, mm-hmm. and there was, I, in the, my rearview mirror, I see one little truck followed by every cop car that could be swarmed at that point in time, and the truck whizzes past me. I try to pull over, and for whatever reason, the cops didn't want to give him an open lane, so they finally motioned me. They're like, you got the car to do it. Go Pass him. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, okay. Sweet. <laughs> that was the closest I've ever come to being in my own car chase. It was awesome to do. And I was like, all right, that was good. That was, I don't have that car anymore. I miss that car. <laughs> I got yeah. pulled over recently.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah, on my way to Palm Springs.
2: Did they uh, recognize a- you? And in- Well, I got pulled over twice recently. Uh-oh.
1: The second uh, time I got pulled over, yeah, Sheriff's Deputy did recognize me.
2: Are you willing to disclose the make and model of your car to see if it was the car that did it, or if it was your actions that led to the pullover? Well,
1: been, the second time, I was behaving because I'd been pulled <laughs> over for not, for not behaving in the car. And so I had a car pull up behind me, you know, like close to me. And I hate being tailgated. Yeah. And I looked very closely. I mean, this is late at night on a Friday night. And I was driving over to Palm Springs. I was on the 210. So I look at the headlights. The headlights sort of had that old washed out look, you know, that yellowy look, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, well, that's an older model car. Why, God, why are you on my rear end like this? So I got tired of it, so I punched the car immediately. I was going, you know, 74 miles an hour, and of I was immediately a 100. I mean, instantly. Right.
0: And all of a sudden, uh, light <laughs> <laughs> the light bar.
2: The dim <doom> lights <laughs> became wait, wait, brighter.
1: I, I you're kidding me.
0: <laughs> that corridor actually holds the record for the most 100-plus mile-an-hour tickets. Oh, really? That going out to Palm Springs for the country. Yeah. So because thought, there's nothing out there well,
1: you're a cop and you were on my ass like that <laughs> so i pull over you know i pull over off the side of the street about proceed to the next exit so i do and there's a jack in the box there I pulling the jack in the box parking lot and i'm looking in jack at the box and you know it's you know quarter to one in the morning and i'm looking at jack in the box and i'm thinking i'm getting pulled over because you were on my rear end so i got tired of it so i went like this and i thought you know i'm gonna get a ticket out of this And I said, we could probably walk into the -the Jack-in-the-Box and take the keys away from 15 people who are going to drive drunk. Yeah. (laughs) You know, why don't you just hang out here in the -the Jack-in-the-Box parking lot (laughs) and watch people as they come out and just, you know, sort of pick them off? Anyway, that was my misbehavior that time. But the uh, the story that I'll tell you extensively is is this. I was driving my wife's car with my wife and our dogs, and we're heading to Palm Springs. And I'm going by um, Cabazon, the Morongo Casino. And... Just past it, and I'm going, oh, 100, 105 in her car. And up ahead, I see a CHP, one of those SUV CHP things. Got somebody pulled over, and I'm in the number two lane, second lane from the left. And I slow down, I let the de I let the compression of the engine just bring us down to 100. I don't want to put any brake lights or anything. And they're busy. So, I mean, I looked over at them, and they didn't even look at me. So now I'm back up to 105, heading to the 111 exit, right? And I look way back and I go, huh, you know, who
0: is that? Perhaps he was interested in (laughs) it. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: thinking. So now I'm on the 111 and I I, I keep, as long as I can see the entry to the 111, you know, I don't see any lights. I don't see any lights. I don't see any lights. I'm about to lose my, my angle on being able to look back. Now I see lights and I go, hmm. So I wonder if that's them. So, uh, you know, the speed limit there is 65, but I'm going like 85. And I thought, well, I'll see if it's them. So I go a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> and... I'll see if it's them. Yeah. <laughs> those are words you don't don't take. And, and... So I go a little faster, and, and, and the thing's gaining on me, right? So I'm thinking, that's them. You know, it, it has to be them, unless it's a crazy person like me. And so we go around the mountain, and I lose KFI, because we're listening to coast to coast, right? George Nuri's show. Yeah, George. (laughs) And so I can find it on a station in the Coachella Valley. So I don't drive my wife's car very often, and I don't use the radio very often. so I'm trying to drive and trying to hit the radio. Now I'm going over, (laughs) you know, the line. and, And my wife says, she actually scolded me. She says, please stop. She goes, just focus on the road. She goes. I'll change the channel. And I said, "Okay, great." So now I slow way down, you know, because that car's back there gaining. Then I speed up.
2: So it's like the perfect combo for drunk driving. Right.
0: Ride. Of course. Someone You're speeding. In your excessive in your- speed and then slowing down,
2: going over the line. You were in a police pursuit. You just didn't know
1: it. Basically. So yeah, exactly. So now, just as we're approaching the tram, I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and, and it's just lights, you know, on me, and and I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going now. The speed limit in that area is. Uh, well, it's still sixty-five. It's not fifty yet, and I'm thinking, you know, if you, you know, you want to get that close to me, go around me, you know. I'm not, and I don't speed up. And just as we approach the tram, you know, it lights up again, you know. So I pull over near the tram, and the this is a Friday night. It's now one thirty in the morning because I work late. And guy comes up on my wife's side, the passenger side, and put the window down. He says, driver's license and registration. So I get my driver's license out, and I don't know where the registration is. I said, you know, I'll have to have my wife get the registration. I said, this is her car. I'm not familiar with it. And Kathy says, it's in the glove box. May I reach in the glove box? And he says, yes, you may. And he keeps an eye on her, and she pulls the registration out very carefully. He leaves. He comes back, and he leans in the window. He says, when was your last drink? And I said, Tuesday. <laughs> Which I enjoyed saying. You know, when you're not drunk, yeah, right. And you you, get, you get, over over get a little gutsy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the sheriff now, yeah. right? <laughs> so he leaves and comes back, and he says, "You know, I can't take your word for it." He says, "I'm going to have to have you get out of the car, please." He says, "And be careful getting out of the car. Come around to this side." So I get out of the car, and he says, uh, "Really? When was your last drink?" And I said, "Well, I'm amending my story." And so now he's got like a glimmer of hope, right? <laughs> and I said, "It was actually Monday." <laughs> And he says, well, what are you doing out here? I said, coming to Palm Springs. He says, uh, you haven't had anything to drink, huh? I said, no. He said, uh, here, let me do this. He said, uh, will you put your arms at your side? And he says, uh, don't move your head and follow my finger. And That's that one test. that you If you're drunk, you can't pass that test when you oh, have to follow you know. your finger. That's the legit test. The rest of the stuff they just do it's just for song and dance. It's really <laughs> sure. not. Good information. But the finger test with your eyes following the finger is the test.
2: I have a lazy eye, so I always look drunk anyway.
1: I yeah. never passed that one. So he <laughs> keeps moving his finger. I mean, this goes on for literally, I've passed the test. I mean, you want me to do this for an hour? How long are we going to do this? I'm getting a workout in here. <laughs> so after a while, he says, um, I, oh, no I asked him, I said, Sir, I said, How much longer are we going to do this? I said, You're making me dizzy. He said, Well, why are you dizzy? I said, because you've been moving your finger in front of my face for literally two minutes or three minutes. I said, plus I'm tired. He says, why are you tired? And I said, it's 1.30 in the morning. I said, I got up at 8 a.m. today. I said, I worked all day. I said, I just left my office, you know, two hours ago, and I'm tired. I want to get to a room and fall asleep. Huh. Have you been smoking marijuana? I said, my wife heard the whole thing. And there's an officer behind me, by the way. My wife had the window down. We were right next to her car. Have you been smoking marijuana? I said, no, I don't smoke marijuana. He said, well, a lot of people smoke marijuana. I said, well, I'm happy for those people. I said, but are we talking about them or me? He goes, so you haven't been smoking any marijuana, huh? And I said, no. And he said, well, you're shaking a little bit. I said, yeah. I said, I normally don't get pulled over. I said, I'm a little bit nervous. He says, well... Can I take your blood pressure? Your and I, blood pressure. I went, Pardon me?
0: Are you a physician?
1: He's said, <laughs> I, know, he <laughs> now. I know. He wanted to take my blood pressure. And I said, No, you may not take my blood pressure. This is true. I said, No, you may not take my blood pressure.
0: Is that an indicator of something? Else? I have no idea. I have
1: not either. I, I mean, and then he left and went over and talked to his partner. And I look at my wife, who's literally, like I said, right there with the window down. And it's bright because their lights are on us, right? And I looked at her and I went, and my wife just shook her head
0: sir we've determined you eat too much salt <laughs> <laughs> something yeah.
1: and so then he comes back and he says well why were you uh he says you know we had you going 85 back there on the 111 right not the 105 on the on the 10 <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Well, at least, yeah you're a step ahead <laughs> and he said plus you were weaving and i said yeah i said my wife scolded me about that and i said uh i you know i don't drive her car very much and i said i was trying to adjust the radio and she scolded me about that and she adjusted the radio and he said uh Huh. And he just stares at me. And I mean, he was angry. <laughs> this guy, I still remember exactly what he looks like. But he, And my wife could see his face. He was just so angry that I wasn't drunk right. or on drugs. And I'm not joking.
2: He had a quota to meet and you weren't helping. And I, <laughs> I
1: screwed them because, you know, they were patrolling around Morongo, right? Mm-hmm. Waiting for people to leave the casino. And it, they didn't give me a ticket
0: even. So now you've spent 15 minutes with him. Oh, no, right? much longer than 15 oh. minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, his face was contorted and red. Wow. When he said, it's
0: 65 back there. You drive 65. And walked away. They got the... Younger officer? or um,
1: Forty-ish. Oh, okay. Forty-ish. So not was problem- brand we, new. No, no. This wasn't a, a rookie. Okay. But I mean, the anger in his face. Because I got in the car and I said to my wife, could you see his face? The anger? Kathy says, oh, yeah. Huh. Kathy said, he thought he was golden with you. Wow. <laughs>
2: Especially if he did recognize you and he thought, oh, I can pull over, get this guy for drinking or for being high or whatever it is. So we got in
1: the car, and and they peel off and head back towards the 10, back towards Morongo, and Kathy and I take off to to go into Palm Springs. And I I said, you know, I should turn the car around and chase him. I want want my blood pressure taken.
2: (laughs) Turn your head and call. Was that weird or what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Want to take your blood pressure?
1: Really? (laughs) That's bizarre. Marcus Welby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was great to be, you know, I knew the guy was pulling me over because he thought I was drunk. And and it's great not to have, you know, even a trace. Yeah. You are emboldened a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was courteous to the guy. Mm. You know. It's always a good plan. It's always a good idea to be courteous. It really is. You know, don't have your license in your hand and your registration. Wait for them to ask for it. You really do need to follow proper procedure. And I've found that the times that I've been pulled over, if you are courteous, they they treat you with courtesy. So yeah. it's pretty simple. Agreed.
2: Except if you have California plates and you drive through Oregon. Is that bad? They don't like They really don't like Californians now.
1: I remember uh, them. They used to say back when I worked in Portland, you know, don't come up here in California, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> don't become an organism. And and Tom, to Tom McCall was the governor,
1: and I knew the governor. And he used to always say, hey, Californians, come on up and spend your money, enjoy our beaches, enjoy our mountains, and then go home. Get out.
2: <laughs> they say that all the time. Now they skip that first part. They're just like, get out. That's Yeah. yeah. I just, I, they're not California-friendly. There's something about how many people have migrated up there, can, no state sales tax, and things like yeah. that. They're like, we're done. We've reached our maximum. Right.
0: I think there's a little bit of that in Idaho as well. Is that happening now too? I, well, and involving the uh, police force or state state police on the highways there i was on a trip and there happened to be another california car with us we came up over a rise and we were going more than the speed limit in in out in the middle of nowhere on this road and we were fortunate to be the second car so (laughs) they're both california plates we were not caravanning with anybody and they got the they got the car in front of us. Did so you wave as you lucked out? No, both. we I kept two hands on the wheel and kept on my merry way. Yeah. I remember um George Best, you know who
1: he is? He was a famous British soccer player. Okay. If some people called him the fifth Beatle because he was always hanging out with the Beatles. He he was a giant world renowned star, tremendous soccer player. Football long, as they would yeah, call it. Football <laughs> as they call it, but you know, long haired, very, very handsome, tremendous womanizer, boozer. You know, but tremendous athlete. Someone asked him uh, near the end of his life, um, you know, what happened to all your money? He said uh, this was his answer. Birds, meaning women, which is a British characterization for women. Birds, booze, and cars. The rest I squandered.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as you got a few stories to tell when yeah, the day exactly. is done, I guess, yeah, you've you've done it. Well, Mr. Majors, I thank you for taking the time yeah, to to with us so. here today, and hopefully it wasn't too painful for you. No, us. I enjoyed it. Craig, you got anything to say in closing here? Hey,
0: thanks a lot. Yeah, well, you're well, welcome. yeah. I'm, I'm, you know what? Thanks, thanks for having us. me on. By the
2: way, Craig here is going to be your new news voiceover guy. Perfect. You give him. I know it violates 10 types of copyright, but give him your best live, local, and late breaking. Live, local, and late breaking. There you go. See? Perfect. He's your guy, so. guy guided.
1: I don't know if we still use him. We did use one guy for years. Because of technology, he was on Vancouver Island. That's a good place to be. Yeah. Seriously. It's a very beautiful place. I mean, you're earning voiceover money in Los Angeles right. at that rate. But you can but wake you're up, living up in it, a yeah. totally
2: different
0: economy. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> nice. Exactly.
2: <laughs> we'll make it happen. Get, get on. that. You know.
0: I'll take care of it. All right. I appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> thank you for
2: joining. Yep. Well, I'd say thank you for joining us in your house. Yep. Thank you for inviting us to your house. You have great dogs. Yeah, thanks.
1: Now get out. All right. All right <laughs> we're out of here. Have a good one,
2: sir. <laughs> that was fun. This has been the Get Off My Lawn
0: Podcast, brought to you by nobody yet. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Get Off My Lawn Pod. Check out our SoundCloud at Get Off My Lawn Podcast, or subscribe to us on iTunes for the latest episodes. Questions or comments? To suggest a guest, or to offer us fat wads of cash in exchange for promotional consideration, our email address is getoffmylawnpod at gmail.com. The theme was composed and performed by Brian Wideman. Check out his music at www.worldbride.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-B-R-I dot com. The logo is designed by Julie Contreras at Urban Bird Design. Go to urbanbirddesign.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend.